0: Governor Cuomo has resigned. That's kind of big breaking news. Also, you may or may not have heard that Cardinal Raymond Burke has uh, tested positive for COVID. Keep him in your prayers. Uh, And today on the program, we're going to have a great show. Spencer Lindquist is going to join us. He is a senior at uh, Pepperdine. He's also an intern at the Federalist, and he wrote an article about the left having a huge pedophilia problem. But now it's out in the open. Something we've talked about quite a number of times on the program, but uh, it was a great article. I would say it was easy to read, but no, it's actually gut-wrenching to read about uh, the attack on our children from the left. So we're going to have a conversation with him about his article, but also on the program in the guest segment, a little bit more bright and cheery, let's just say. The Shroud of Turin is going to be the topic of conversation in the guest segment at 35 past this hour. Dr. Gerard Verschuren is going to be our guest. Looking at the Shroud from a scientific standpoint, he's got a book out published by Sophia Institute Press. A Catholic scientist champions the Shroud of Turin. So if you've ever been interested in the Shroud of Turin and the evidence for it, it's it's authenticity. Today is the day. At 35 past the hour, we'll have a conversation. So a little bit of uh, spicy, a little bit of sweet, all in the same show. It's going to be a good time. And don't forget, in the second hour, for anybody who can join us, we do play our Fear and Trembling Trivia game show, and prizes are at stake. You could win. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tune in the next hour, if you are able, right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. All right. So praise be to God. That's what's on the show. Two days in a wake up, Janelle.
4: Yes. The you're two more you're days.
0: almost there.
4: Almost there. Almost there. Freedom is very close. Freedom <laughs> is
0: very close. <laughs> yes. uh, so Saturday morning, what, what are you thinking? You're going to sleep until like 6, oh, 6.30, May, oh, maybe 7 a.m.?
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, probably later than that.
0: Later than that?
4: Yes. Like, oh, phew,
0: I don't know, man. Uh, then you're Unheard getting of. into Adrian Fonseca territory.
4: Oh, really?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Speaking of which, Adrian's here. Good
3: morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Latest you've ever slept? Oh, latest I've ever slept my entire my entire life? Yeah, why not? I have no idea. I've uh, When I'm sick, I sleep like the entire day. But I guess on a normal circumstance, I guess when I was in high school... And I would – uh Saturdays, I might sleep until like noon. Uh, that's probably the latest yeah. I would sleep. But no, not normally. But I, I'm i really looking forward to our guest today because uh, the shot of Turin, super fascinating to me. I th- find that really interesting. And the pedophilia question – I've been ringing this bell for a while because this has been driving me nuts with all the transgender stuff with Jeff Younger. We had him on the show. He lost the case I against his wife. How tragic is that? Horrible. And in any other circumstance, 50 years ago, it would have like... We oh should repost goodness. our conversation with him. We, might, we should have him back on. Yeah.
0: Uh, but I, yes, I absolutely. I, I don't know. It may be too sad for me to deal with. <laughs> it, was, it was hard to go through that, uh, that interview the first time because of the, the tragedy that he was facing, and he had done everything, spent all the money he could, even faced jail time to try to save his sons from being transitioned, and he's lost his case. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is gut-wrenching. Gut-wrenching. But we ought to, uh, because we've already got a a great group of CDT Insiders hanging out with us on the social streams. Uh, So uh, good morning to you, uh, Lori, and good morning to you, Sita, and good morning to you, Christopher and Chris and and, uh, and Buddy. Good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out. We should post a link to that conversation on our our video feeds today. Sure will. It's a great conversation. But it is on YouTube, even though YouTube has blocked us and banned us
3: for seven days. I think today's the last day. It should be sometime this afternoon. We will get off. We'll yeah. be, I mean, not off. We'll be on. I knew what you meant.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but, but that conversation uh, with uh, Jeff Younger uh, is on our YouTube channel. So you can find it there. If you go to uh, Catholic Drive Time on YouTube, you can find that conversation. It is a difficult one, but he was a great guest, um, very good guest. So we enjoyed talking to him. But, not, not the topic that's uh, easy to get through necessarily. At any rate, today is, uh, Janelle has two and a half days left, or two, no, two more days. You got Thursday, you got Friday, so, uh, and then that's it. You're done, you're going to get ready to go back to school, so we're, we're very excited. I'm thinking Friday we'll, we'll uh, maybe allow our listeners to uh, maybe call in and embarrass you live on the radio. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that's Looking the plan.
4: forward to it. Yeah,
0: so. Uh, if you want to uh, wish Janelle well, tune in Friday, and you might have an opportunity to do that. Uh, we've been very grateful for her support and help over the summer. Uh, as she prepares to go back to school, um, we're, we're going to see her off. So there you go. That is the deal, and uh, praise be to God for it. So as I said, Spencer Linquist is uh, going to be on an intern at the Federalist a gut-wrenching article about a topic we've talked about many times on the program, uh, and uh, we're going to have a conversation at 15 past the hour. So let's jump in to our show and get started. Let's pray for your intentions, dear listener, and the conversion of sinners around the world and the repose of the souls that will face judgment today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines, which in LA.
4: Today is Wednesday, August 11th. Here are some headlines from Church Militant. Pro-abort Catholic Olympian Simone Biles says she is very much pro-choice. Military Archdiocese's vax mandate. Archbishop supports forced jab. Legislature banned from Twitter again. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene suspended from Twitter. Twitter has has suspended. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's account for one week following another violation of the platform's rules, the company said Tuesday. Greene tweeted on Monday that the Food and Drug Administration should not approve the COVID vaccines. She also claimed that the vaccines were failing and that they were ineffective at reducing the virus's spread. In response, Twitter labeled the tweet as misleading and prevented Green from tweeting for one week. Man from behind the curtain, Cardinal Zen blamed Secretary of State for restricting the TLM. Abuse trial for Argentine Bishop, Bishop Zenqueta accused of abusing two men. And Spanish Cardinal dead at 94, former Carmel Karmalingo oversaw conclave after death of Pope John Paul II. In other news, reported by LifeSite, former LGBTQ identifying men and women slammed Netflix's Pray Away as attack on Christianity. Netflix recently debuted a documentary titled Pray Away aimed at discrediting reparative therapy for those who experience unwanted same-sex attraction while also undermining and impugning the testimonies of legions of men and women who have left homosexual lives behind and who continue to experience freedom in Christ. The MUFI profiles several early leaders of the ex-gay movement. epitomized in the now-defunct Exodus International Organization, which began in the 1970s, and who have since disavowed their participation and returned to homosexual lives. Prayer Away comes at a time when the number of people who formerly identified as homosexual or transgender is on the rise and are becoming increasingly visible in the public square via the Changed Movement and Freedom Marches, which have been held in major cities across America. It also comes at a time when the new research studies are underscoring the damage being done by the widespread suppression of sexual orientation change efforts for those seeking to deal with unwanted same-sex attraction. Also from LifeSite, Florida priest berates parents for protesting school mask mandates and threatens to pull scholarships. A Catholic priest took to the pulpit Sunday to berate parishioners for planning to protest the diocesan mask mandate for school children threatening to deprive families of scholarships if they oppose the requirement. After the final blessing during an August 8th mass, Father Bob ba- Tabbert, pastor of St. John 23rd Church in Fort Myers, told his parish, I am not a very happy person today. Clad in a black t-shirt and slacks, Father Tabert, who was not the celebrant at the mass, also wore a black cloth mask for the duration of his diatribe very unhappy and displeased by a number of parents from this parish and other parishes who are staging a protest in front of our Catholic schools tomorrow. The priest explained that these individuals who planned to engage in the protest did so in light of the bishop's decision regarding masks for children. Bishop DeWayne said that while he respects completely the issue of parental rights, the responsibility of each school is to ensure the safety of all students. According to the letter, parents may opt for online learning rather than an in in-person learning if they object to mandatory masking, and the mandate will be reviewed on a weekly basis. The mandate applies to private schools within the diocese and therefore does not legally run afoul of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' recent executive order forbidding public schools from mandating that children wear masks. But Taber told those in his parish considering participation in the protests, don't do it threatening to withhold tuition assistance from those who object to the mandate. And those are your headline news for Wednesday, August 11th. God love you. The
3: saint of the day is Claire of Assisi. She was born on the 16th of July, 1194 in Assisi, Italy. Saint Claire of Assisi was a beautiful Italian noblewoman who became the foundress of an order of nuns now called the Poor Clares. When she heard St. Francis of Assisi preach, her heart burned with a great desire to imitate Francis and to live a poor, humble life for Christ. So one evening, she ran away from home, and in a little chapel outside Assisi, she gave herself to God. St. Francis cut off her hair and gave her a rough, brown habit to wear, tied it with a plain cord around her waist, and her parents tried in every way to make her return home, but Claire would not. Soon, her sister St. Agnes joined her as well as other young women who wanted to be brides of Jesus and live without any money. St. Clare and her sisters wore no shoes, ate no meat, lived in a poorhouse, and kept silent most of the time. Yet they were very happy because our Lord was close to them at all times. Once, he saved them from a great danger in answer to St. Clair's prayers. An army of rough soldiers came to attack Assisi, and they planned to raid the con- convent first. Although very sick, St. Clair had herself carried carried to the wall, and right there where the enemies could see it, she had the blessed sacrament placed. Then on her knees, she begged God to save the sisters. O Lord, protect these sisters whom I cannot protect now, she prayed. A voice seemed to answer, I will keep them always in my care. At the same time, a sudden fright struck the attackers, and they fled as fast as they could. St. Clair was sick and suffered great pains for many years, but she said no pain could trouble her. So great was her joy in serving the Lord that she once exclaimed, They say that we are too poor, but can a heart which possesses the infinite God be truly called poor? We should remember this miracle of the Blessed Sacrament when in church. Then we will pray with great faith to Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Save me, O Lord, from every evil of soul and body. She died on, the, on August 11, 1253 in Assisi, Italy, and was canonized on the 26th of September, 1255, by Pope Alexander the 4th. St Clair of Assisi, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to
0: us from Matthew chapter 18 verses 15 through 20. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, Take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you. If two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. No. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We're just about out of time, so we don't have uh, any uh, real time to dive into the gospel today, but it is a powerful one because this passage is one of my favorite in, uh, in the gospels for sure. It demonstrates the hierarchy, the authority, and the consequences of the church Christ founded. It's a pretty massive implication, and I'll have to talk more about that in the next hour. But after this very short break, we're going to come right back. We're going to have a conversation with uh, Spencer Lindquist about his article, the left has a pedophilia problem, and it's out in the open. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere, at Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. GloryandShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time
5: for victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's Word, and we receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin and is going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. Welcome home.
0: be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation about the Shroud of Turin, with a scientist. Dr. Gerard Verschuren is going to be our guest. He's got a book out uh, published by Sophia Institute Press called A Catholic Scientist Champions the Shroud of Torrens. We're going to talk about age, the scientific evidence, uh, distinct and unique qualities. All of that is going to come up. Uh, was it a painting? What evidence do we have, by the way? All of that's going to come up in our conversation at 35 past the hour on the Shroud of Turin. Joining us right now via Zoom chat, though, is a student at Pepperdine University. He is a senior there. He's also an intern with a Federalist. His name is Spencer Linquist, And he has an article there that I came across that I would love to say was a a joy to read, but it was more like a gut-wrenching read. It was so difficult to get through, uh, but the truth is what it is. And the, the article, the headline says, The Left Has a Pedophilia Problem, and It's Out in the Open. And it's something we've talked about many times on this program. Good morning to you, Mr. Linquist.
6: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, praise be to God. Like I said, I, I would love to say your article was such a, a joy to read, but it really was difficult to get through because of the nature of the topic. Why don't you take us through it?
6: So this, this topic, it really is one that is quite gut-wrenching. Um, and and this, this article, it really details a variety of different instances in which the left is pushing pedophilia. Uh, and this is something that we're seeing from, uh, I list one example uh, from, from a gentleman named Joe Fischel. He's a, a Yale professor, and he talks about the nudity that he believes children should be exposed to at pride parades. Um, and then there's also that show, uh, excuse me, that movie Cuties from Netflix, um, which a grand jury in Texas actually uh, indicted as child porn. Uh, and there's several other examples. There's Drag Queen Story Hour, um, which, which, which has been found to be hosting convicted sex, uh, sex criminals uh, in lar- with large groups of children. Um, so there are several examples, and I go through many more in the article. Uh, but it's very clear that there is a concerted push by the left to normalize the sexualization of children.
3: Yes, I, I especially really enjoyed your article because I have been talking about this for a while. Every time this comes up, the great case of Jeff Younger just finished up in Texas where Jeff lost custody of his son, James, when his mother wants to transition him. And it's it, this whole thing keeps going through. And I, often we bring up the TFP and here and they're excellent at going to these drag queen story times and protesting them. And uh, we it seems as though. We go to these events, and I've joined them at a number of these events, and it seems as though so many of the people there are just like, you know, it's no big deal. It's just uh, they're trying to help them become more tolerant. Why is this a real issue that we should really be concerned about?
6: Well, one of the reasons why it's such a big issue is because of that language of tolerance. And we hear, oh, this is about tolerance and this is about acceptance, but that's not true. Uh, that's it's quite frankly, it's a lie, uh, and it's a way to try and guilt people out of protecting their children. That's what it is. Uh, same for the same for so many of the insults of homophobe or, or bigot. Um, so many of these slur words that get thrown around, but this is a massive issue because. We know that the left is coming after our children on an ideological level. We can see that with critical race theory, which is just this scourge that is, that is in American schools right now. Uh, and this issue is the one where it's just, where it's the most pressing. Um, this is not about making children more tolerant or more accepting. Uh, I've spoken with attendees at San Francisco's Pride Parade. Um, and, they told me very, very, very clearly that they want to make sure that uh, their sexual habits are normalized so that children accept them, either then or, uh, or, or when they're older. Um, so we know what they're doing, and to, to obscure it with, with rhetoric about tolerance or acceptance or diversity is really sickening.
3: Yeah, the homosexualist made that video that went viral that they had to delete of the gay men's choir singing how they are trying, they're coming after your children. And people are like, oh, it's just a satire. But I think that whenever the homosexualists tell us their agenda, when our enemies tell us what they want, we should probably believe them.
6: Exactly. I mean, they came out and said, we are coming for your children. And one of the lyrics of the song was something to the effect of, you're concerned that we're going to corrupt your kids and justice wants you're correct. So it can't get any more clear than that. It cannot get any more blatant than that. Uh, and also the people who wrote this song, um, th- there's two of them, and they actually had previously written a play about Bacha Bazi, Uh And I won't go into detail here because it is um, quite a disgusting practice. But bachabazi translates to boy play. And it is, it is a practice in some parts of the Middle East um, where young boys are groomed to be dancers. And unfortunately, they do more than just dance. Uh, and they're essentially owned uh, by older men. Um, and, and they wrote an entire play about this, and, and it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't really a critique of it either. The New York Times called it out um, as pedophilic. Um, so when they come out and when they tell us what they're doing, we have to listen and we have mm. to fight back.
0: Spencer Linquist is our guest. He is, uh, as I said, a senior at Pepperdine. He's also an intern at The Federalist, and the article, which we will link to, uh, is uh, the headline goes the left has a pedophilia problem and it's out in the open it is uh, it is a difficult thing to talk about one uh, that we have discussed many times in the program for instance i think it was maybe three months ago two and a half months something like that there was an article that listed all of these cartoons mm-hmm. that embrace transgenderism or or homosexual ideologies uh just being perpetrated upon our youngest in a society um why do you think they are no longer trying to hide anything they just seem like totally emboldened to to just come on out with their agenda what what say you spencer lindquist
6: well let's say that's a two-part problem um for starters i think so many of them are just uh, so much more bold uh, they think that they can get away with anything Right, Because if, uh, if they can come after your children, what can't they do? Uh, and the second aspect of it is I think that this is, these are humiliation rituals um, because they understand that children are the most precious and important aspects of our society. That's one of the reasons why, why they push abortion so hard. They know that if they can come after the most innocent, um, the most guiltless among us, that, that they've got free reign in our society and that if we won't stand up and protect our kids, you know, what is it that we will protect?
0: Wow. Um, You know, I've always been bothered by the sexualization of children, whether it was uh, hetero or homosexual, to be honest with you. I mean, when, uh, when, I hate to admit this, but remember when twerking was like becoming popular, and it was there's these videos all over the social media, whether you wanted them or not, uh, they'd be there in your face of kids uh, imitating this dance, this practice because they see adults doing it, and I think that's part of the danger, especially if you see uh, photos or pictures or videos of these pride parades, and you see people bringing their kids there, and there are grown men acting like animals on leashes uh, and other perversities. And it just boggles the mind how any adult might think that this is uh, okay. Uh, and yet in your article, you, you point out uh, that there, Flora Gill, uh, writing for GQ, uh, even she is, is advocating for pornography custom to te- for, for either teens or even younger. What's this about?
6: Well, this is disgusting. And this was another example where we just have to, hear what they're saying and realize that that this is what they mean. There's no way to make excuses for any of this, but that's right. She, she called for um, the creation of porn that would be marketed towards children and towards young teens. Um, Absolutely disgusting, inexcusable. And this is just, this is just one of these cases um, where, where we're seeing that their, their ideology has no limiting principle. There is no, time that will come when it's okay we're tolerant enough or we accept we're accepting enough or we are diverse enough that day will never come there is no limiting principle internal to their ideology so the only way any of this will be limited is if parents and people and christians and catholics and conservatives more broadly if we all just say that we're not going to accept this and uh, if there is any use for cancel culture in our society is to cancel people who are endangering children Uh, and these are cases where where social shaming is absolutely entirely necessary.
3: Amen. Yeah, that's very important. This whole idea, we've kind of gathered this idea that shame is bad, guilt is bad. We have to get rid of all guilt and shame. But those are actually tools that are used to create uh, a cohesion in in a society. And guilt is a recognition that you've done something wrong. And with these people, they feel guilt for a lot of their wicked things. And so what do they have to do? They need to destroy the conscience of themselves and of others in order that they can feel, they can get rid of their guilt and get rid of their shame. And they do this in a brilliant way, could you speak about how the left tries to, they they put these crazy things out in the open, and then once people start commenting on it, they respond, oh, but why do you care so much? This is a private thing that's happening. Uh, could you speak about how they try to manipulate people's consciences?
6: Well, one of the, the biggest ways they try to manipulate people's conscience, and this is what they do on this issue and so many others, is that instead of calling you wrong, instead of saying that that what you're seeing isn't happening, they just say, oh, you're a bigot for noticing, you're a homophobe for noticing. And they've got several other slurs that they default to depending on the issue. Uh, But this is just, so long as we are tied into their moral framework where tolerance is the be-all, end-all, and there's nothing that can supersede it, uh, then we will lose on these fronts because tolerance in and of itself is not a virtue. It depends on what you're tolerating. It's entirely dependent on what you're tolerating. And if we're tolerating, like you said, the, the sexualization of children on social media, that's something that's rampant on TikTok right now for sure. Um, and and on other social media platforms as well. Mm. Uh, if we tolerate movies like Cuties, that has children twerking. And that has that it, been indicted as child pornography. If we accept and if we're tolerant of, of people who sing about corrupting your children, and they mock you for wanting to defend your children. Uh, that's uh, Tolerance of any of those things is not a virtue. Uh, tolerance there is spinelessness.
3: Absolutely. Uh, Fulton Sheen, back in 1931, he was Monsignor Fulton Sheen at the time. He said, America, it is said, is suffering from intolerance. It is not. It is suffering from tolerance. Tolerance of right and wrong, truth and error, virtue and evil, Christ and chaos. Our country is not nearly so overrun with the bigoted as it is overrun with the broad-minded. And he has a whole this whole essay on this exact topic, and absolutely, we have this strange idea that tolerance is a virtue, um, and in a sense, it can be, but we are not struggling with having too much tolerance in America, we're having a way, uh, or not enough tolerance, we're struggling with having way too much. We have about uh, two minutes left in our conversation with Spencer Lindquist. What's the
0: extent of... The mainstream's participation in this. Like, what kind of outlets are we talking about that uh, seem to be supporting this uh, agenda?
6: There's a wide array of outlets. I I mentioned earlier that there was a Yale professor um, who who was advocating for children to be shown nudity, indecent exposure of pride parades. This is, you know, one of the premier institutions, not only in America, but in the world. Uh, And there are several other mainstream institutions that are pushing this as well. Of course, we previously discussed uh, GQ, uh, the writer from GQ said there needs to be porn for children. Um, Snapchat, the app Snapchat, had a love has no age filter Mm -hmm. during during what they call Pride Month. The New York Times referred to a 13-year-old homeless child in an article that they wrote um, as as somebody who was trading sex. Uh, They said that uh, she was being trained by a group of, of transgender adults. Uh, this is not trading sex. Uh, sex is not something to be traded. Uh, this was this was the grooming and rape of children. Um, there was also a Washington Post article that advocated for children to be exposed to kink at pride parades. Mm. So these are mainstream institutions netflix is another uh, this is this is no small problem it, this is a problem uh, f- from the mainstream institutions of our society it's an elite push on the american people
0: wow you know we've been uh, st- we've received channel strikes from youtube so we've we're on probation uh, this week we're not allowed to uh, broadcast there or or uh, post our content there because we dare to talk about the legal rights of of employees whose employers uh, fire them for not being vaccinated. And yet this content, uh, this perverse content is there every day, but uh, there you go. Uh, Spencer Lindquist. Thank you for your time today. We're linking to your article. God bless you and God love you. Have a great day, sir.
6: Thank you very much. God bless.
0: It's a hard article to get through, but probably one that is very important for us to be, uh, familiar with and understanding what is going on don't go anywhere after the short break breaking news and stories and then the shroud of torrent is coming up next
7: the gospels make clear jesus claimed to be god but should we believe him i think we should and here's the reason why the alternatives don't make sense it's unreasonable to think jesus was lying because he died for his claim to be god Mark's Gospel makes it clear that the Sanhedrin sentenced Jesus to death for blasphemy, and Jesus accepted it. People don't die for what they know to be a lie. Okay, you say, well maybe he wasn't a liar, but perhaps he was delusional, a lunatic. I don't think this explanation works either. All the historical evidence suggests Jesus was a pretty wise guy. Even those who deny Jesus' divinity accept this, but if that's the case, well then, don't you think he's wise enough to know who he is? So, if Jesus is neither a liar nor a lunatic, then he must be who he says he is, namely Lord. I'm Carlo Brusard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
3: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Bay Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
4: Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle and here are your headline news. Lots of headlines today. Taliban capture eighth provincial Afghan capital in six days. Germany arrests British man suspected of spying for Russia. Train driver strike paralyzes traffic across Germany. India in talks to buy 50 million doses of Pfizer vaccine. Biden to host world leaders at December summit on democracy. In turnabout, Dutch freeze announced freeze on deportations to Afghanistan. Arson suspected as wildfires rage across Algeria. 42 people dead. Texas House Speaker signs arrest warrants for 52 absent Democrats. Oregon Governor signs bill letting students graduate without proving they can read, write or do math. Whooping 2.8 tons of meth and fentanyl cease in California. YouTube removes second video of Rand Paul and suspends him for seven days over alleged COVID-19 misinformation. U.S. officials condemn China over diplomatic retaliation against Lithuania. Chinese hackers carried out coordinated cyber attacks in Israel, report says. Arizona senator calls on for hearings on lawmaker accused of child molestation. Oregon governor to re-impose statewide indoor mask mandate. St. Louis Cab Company refuses service to masked and vaccinated customers. Ethiopian PM urges eligible citizens to join Army and fight Tigray forces. Milwaukee's Summerfest to require proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test to enter. England's public health stats show hospitalization and death occur at higher rate among the vaccinated. Catholic parents of seven face jail for placing two vax-resistant stickers outside small-town library. Teachers Union uses $300 million budget to sue lone mom concerned about curriculum. Israel sees 14 COVID breakthroughs from one week of Pfizer booster shots. 58% of infant deaths reported to veyers occurred within three days of vaccination, research shows. New New York Governor Kathy Hochul is radically pro-abortion and oversaw 15,000 nursing home deaths. Catholic University caught paying for abortions in its health insurance plan. Hundreds of buildings destroyed by the biggest single wildfire ever recorded in California. And Florida Health Department calls out CDC after agency pushed false claim that state set daily COVID case record wrong again. Master bedroom getting dropped from home sale listings over slavery connotations as wokeness spreads among Minnesota realtors. Reported by the Yep Times, federal judge strikes down several Indiana abortion laws. A federal judge in Indianapolis struck down several of the state's abortion laws on Tuesday, ruling that they are unconstitutional, including the ban on telemedicine consultations between doctors and women seeking abortion services. District Court Judge Sarah Evans Barker, an appointee of former President Ronald Reagan, in her ruling, also upheld some of the state's abortion laws that were challenged in a lawsuit by Whole Women's Health Alliance and two other abortion providers in 2018. The lawsuit argued that more than 20 of the state's abortions laws were unconstitutional. The judge issued a permanent injunction prohibiting state employees from implementing, enforcing, administering or invoking eight abortion provisions. Barker ruled against Indiana's telemedicine ban, as well as state laws requiring in-person examinations by a doctor before medication abortions. She also ruled against the ban on second trimester abortions outside hospitals or surgery centers, and state laws requiring that a woman seeking abortions be told human life begins when the egg is fertilized, and that a fetus might feel pain at or before 20 weeks. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Wednesday.
0: Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Dr. Gerard Vershuren. He is a, a, a scientist. He is a writer, a speaker, consultant, working at the interface of science, philosophy, and religion. He is a human geneticist who earned a doctorate in the philosophy of science and studied and worked at universities in Europe and in the United States. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Uh, you have a book out by Sophia Institute Press called A Catholic Scientist Champions the Shroud of Turin," And, you know, it's fascinating. I, I pr- I've always been fascinated by the Shroud of Turin. So many in the world see the Shroud as the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And yet, it's also been the focus of so many more who uh, feel the crusade call to dis disprove it somehow, to to try to demonstrate that there's no possibility uh, that this could actually be a, a, an image, a relic of our Lord. So, as a scientist, what did you discover, Dr. Vershuren?
5: Let me say first, Joe, that after the awful news we just heard, I think I have a, a lot of good news. Praise be you. to God, yeah. Yes, many people think that the authenticity of the Shroud is uh, a very partisan issue. They say the scientists seem to be on the one side, questioning its authenticity. Catholics are on the other side, claiming it's the real burial cloth of Jesus. I think that clear-cut division is a myth. Scientists have believers among them as well as non-believers. And Catholics have believers among them who call the Shroud a relic, as well as non-believers who consider the Shroud a mere icon rather than a relic. Mm. What I try to do in my book is to show that it's really a relic and that the scientists are very uh, divided on that issue. So I try to question them in my book. And I think I have that right, not only as a Catholic, but also as a scientist, and find out what is their argument worth. Mm-hmm. Can
0: we talk about how many times the Shroud has been analyzed by scientists? Do you, do you have a record of that?
5: Uh, I, I don't have a number for how many times, but we, we have all kind of people who have done that. We have done h- historians who have checked the records. We have done... Uh, Anatomists who have measured everything on the shroud, we have textile scientists, we have pollen scientists, and we have carbon dating scientists. They all have their own arguments, and I must say, and I try to show that in my book, that most of them are on the side of the authenticity mm. of the shroud. Oh, wow. And that's what I try to show in this book. Why is it that the Shroud
3: of Turin has so much notoriety? Why is it looked at so much more than like, I'm thinking of like Our Lady Guadalupe. I'm thinking of the other statues, miraculous statues, miraculous images throughout the world. What about the Shroud of Turin makes it a subject of such intense discussion and so much scientific research?
5: You know, if it's really the shroud in which Jesus Christ was buried, then it's very important to us. And, uh, and I think many people are, you know, find that that's true. So, so they, uh, if they are atheists or whatever they are, they will try everything to make that a lie. And fortunately, there are many scientists who want to prove that it's really the shroud of, in which Jesus was buried. Mm. So all those uh, scientific an- analysis have uh, 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 can you still hear me? Yes, okay, I got just a message that there was no connection but okay good so um, the uh, it starts with the records of course mm. the historical records it has been uh, uh, always always been important as far as we know since I would go back as far back as fifty AD. Wow. 50,
0: we have records back to
5: 50 AD. Yes, we do. Wow. We, yeah. So that's uh, that makes it a very strong case. So when people nowadays flock to Turin, mm-hmm. or as Italians would say, Torino, they will uh, they will just say there is that famous shroud of Turin. That is a, a confirmation of my faith. Uh, I can. They even pray to the shroud because. If it's Jesus' shroud, it it is a relic, and relics are very important in the Catholic faith. So we uh, we have a lot of records. I, uh, I I always show in my book and in my interviews that there is a long history. Uh, it it went to Turin or Torino in 1578. That is still. Uh, many decades ago so uh, where did it come from in Turin we have records that it came from Chambéry in France and that was we have records that in 1453 it was there how did it get to Chambéry from leary in French 1356 we have historical records that prove that. Many witnesses say it was in Liri and that's unfortunately where it was also burned, where there was a fire in Liri. How did Liri get it there? Well, it came all the way across the Mediterranean from Constantinople and we have historical evidence that it was in Constantinople at 1204. So that is basically long ago. It's not that long ago when you think of when Jesus was born and crucified. Mm. So where did it come from in Constantinople? There are several records that say it came from Edessa. Edessa is in present day Turkey. Mm. And there it was for many, many years in Edessa it was found in 544 and we have records that show that people have seen it there wow and they have, hold they that have...
0: thought hold that thought dr vinshuren uh we have to go to a break we're going to come right back and we're going to pick up right there so we're we're in the 500s how far back yes. Where does it come from? On the other side of this very short break, Dr. Gerard Verschurin, the author of A Catholic Scientist Champions, The Shroud of Turin is going to uh, talk about that, plus a lot more about The Shroud. Coming up next, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
7: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that the world associates
5: fanaticism with religion? But G.K. Chesterton says that the strangest fanaticism that fills our time is the fanatical hatred of morality, especially of Christian morality. It is the irreligious who are fanatical in their hatred of religion. They hate religion because religion is the only basis for morality. They hate morality because it is clear. And they prefer things to be vague. Vague to the point where they can call wrongs, rights. But we cannot call something a right when it defies God's laws. We can only call it a sin because
7: all rights come from God and God is not going to break his own laws. Neither
0: should we. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you. Our guest is Dr. Gerard Verschuren. He is a, an author and a scientist. He has uh, a book out by Sophia Institute Press called A Catholic Scientist Champions the Shroud of Turin. And right before the break, we were getting into the historical records of the Shroud's uh, you know, locations and travel. And we get back to the 500s, and we're in Odessa in Turkey. Can you pick up there, Dr. Vershuren
5: Yes, we, uh, we have historical records that the image of Odessa came to the imperial capital later on in Constantinople. In a sermon dated August 16th, 1944, Uh, In in that sermon, it was confirmed the arrival of the image of Edessa in Constantinople, only one day earlier. Where did it come from? In uh, in 769, so that is already 200 years earlier, uh, an 8th century bishop describes the image as the imprint of the bodily appearance of Christ. Wow which shows that the cloth did not only portray a face, but a complete body. And so where did it come from? We, we lose a little bit track of that step, but uh, it was described by Christian historian Eusebius that the cloth with an image on it was given to the Christian king Epgar V of Edessa. That was in the year 30. And what, where did it came from before? Um, I I would say, because it was such an important cloth for Christians, mm. the first Christians must have cherished it because the, the, the tomb of Jesus was empty because he was resurrected. So we they had...
0: They had nothing else to go on,
5: so they they had nothing else to go on. That's correct. Mm. So when um, uh, uh, I would say it was really literally the the the, the cloth of Jesus, it, um, and we find uh, it.
3: Go ahead, David. You know, uh, you know, we had a question come in and say that is there a connection between the shroud's presence in Constantinople and Byzantine depictions of Christ and icons? And further to that question, you know, I've heard stories of the Knights Templar were accused of worshiping a disembodied head, and people say that that was a shroud of Turin. Could you speak a, of those two things? Yes, the, uh,
5: the, 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 the 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 Templars have something to do with it. Uh, it was. Uh, uh, one of the knights uh, who participated in the sacking of Constantinople left a letter of what he had seen. He said there was another of the churches which they called My Lady Saint Mary of Bocanny, where was kept the linens in which our Lord had been wrapped. Mm. Wow.
0: Dr. Gerard mm-hmm. for sure is our guest. The Shroud of Turin is the subject. I would like to get into uh, some of the more fascinating qualities of the Shroud of Turin. Uh, I've always been fascinated by uh, some of these things. For instance, the uh, the work uh, of the original exp- scientific expedition. I think that was in the seventies um, that discovered so many incredible things. Uh, for instance, the depth of the image, the data that was av- in, that was uh, available. Only when you study it from a scientific perspective, the lack of pigment, you know, it being only on the very uh, above the shroud, it didn't really uh, go too deep into the shroud. Can you talk about some of the more interesting qualities of the shroud?
5: Yeah, there were were at least two physicists who used computer analysis, and because they were... um, part of the Los Alamos National Laboratory they could test it with all their tools and their machinery and they found out that there was three-dimensional depth in it they, they had learned that from the research on the moon etc that when when something is farther away from the, uh, the the center of the picture no farther away from the the surface of the picture then it's three-dimensional information in there and that's what they did then uh, chemists used the concentrations of iron that they found at the blood spots in the on the shroud and because there were blood spots that we know it was blood because there was iron in it and iron is a component of the hemoglobin molecule so it, it was definitely I would say almost proven that there was real blood on it with three-dimensional qualifications. Mm. So if if you claim that this was a fake, that it was a painting, the, the the painters at that time had no idea how to to give depth to what they were painting. So uh, the, uh, it was very hard for them to uh, to do that. So I have in my book at least eleven reasons why it's not a painting. So, uh, I I won't, I won't, um, uh, well,
0: I we won't. Well, we would encourage to, uh, everybody to check your book out. It's published over at Sophia Institute Press. And again, it's called A Catholic Scientist Champions the Shroud of Turin. What about the presence of pollen, the unique only to Palestine? That was found too, wasn't it?
5: yes. They, they they took samples of the the, the pollen that were on the uh, on the uh, the shroud they did that with a uh, sticky tape so it 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 stick to the tape and then they investigated it and the pollen analysis is, yeah, is quite powerful it it shows that certain pollen must have come from plants that we find preferably or only sometimes in jerusalem even an uh, 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 Israeli botanist and professor at Hebrew University of Jerusalem identified 28 species of pollen and labeled many of them unique to Jerusalem. So even that shows that the thing was already in Jerusalem. And of course, there were many other pollens on it, because we, as I discussed at the beginning, the shroud made quite a route. Through mm. the world, yeah, mm. the world at mm. that time. So we uh, we we expect that there would be pollen from France and from Italy and, and from and from Turkey, but also from Jerusalem. How did that get on there? That is a very hard case to crack. Mm.
0: Yeah, it this is a truly intriguing uh, mystery in some ways and I I once saw a documentary that tried to compare the bloodstains on the shroud of Turin with bloodstains found on a face cloth uh, I believe it's an ovidum and uh they and the this documentary suggested that these bloodstains match in size and shape uh and that the the theory goes that the face cloth was placed on uh Jesus when he was still on the cross, while Joseph of Arimathea was going to obtain permission to take the body down and then bury it in his tomb. Uh, Did your book address some of those uh, theories about uh, the shroud compared to other cloths of notoriety?
5: No, I left that out of my book on purpose to make it a reliable source. There are are many other cloths that claim something, and I, I, I can't really prove that those claims are correct and that those cloths are real so I, I stayed out of that discussion and besides blood analysis is a little dubious because what happens when blood gets old a, a lot of the antibodies in it and the antigens they uh, they disappear. Because they, uh, they they are infected by uh, you know bacteria and molds and all that kind of stuff, so I don't attach too much reliability on it. I, I find much more information in the textile analysis. Mm. Uh, and you would say, how the, <laughs> the heck is that possible? You know. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the textile is, uh, as as the Bible says, it was a very rich material, mm. by you know, that, that we found by Joseph of Mafia. He was a rich man, and he bought that cloth. And that cloth has been studied by a cloth analysis. And what is so striking, I find, that it was found that it has a textile pattern that we find very long ago in Israel at Masada. Wow. Uh, if Masada doesn't ring a bell for most people, I understand that. Uh, Masada was the place where the Jews fled to when the Romans demolished Jerusalem in the, the year 70 after the death of Jesus. Mm. So uh, it was a, a cloth that is definitely old. And we do not find that pattern anymore in the Middle Ages. So, and, and we also find it with the, the, the famous Dead Sea Scrolls. If you have ever heard of that, they uh, they have, the, the, uh, they have the very old uh, uh, scrolls in it and those scrolls are, are in a linen wrapping. And those wrappings have also, again, that same pattern that we don't find later anymore. Mm. And then there is one more important thing. They discovered that there is vanillin in in that material and vanillin disappear, disappears over uh, uh, the course of time. So if the vanilla content is very low... And, It is hardly detectable anymore in all these cloths that I mentioned, Masada, Dead Sea Scrolls, and also the Shroud of Turin, we find hardly any vanillin anymore. So it must be a very old cloth, and that just confirms what we saw with pollen analysis, what we saw with the computer analysis, what we found in the historical records. Mm, wow. We
0: are just about out of time. We've been talking with Dr. Gerard Vershuren. He is a, an author and a scientist. His book is called A Catholic Scientist Champions the Shroud of Turin. It is published by Sophia Institute Press. Check it out. Uh, it'll, it's a fascinating uh, a book, and an opportunity to look uh, once again at the Shroud of Turin. Dr. Vershuren, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you.
5: Thank you, Joe. It was a great interview. Thanks so much.
0: Praise be to God. God bless you, and have a great day. Uh, that is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Uh, uh, some good news, some uh, spicy news, all in the same hour. But if you can join us in the next hour, we're going to play Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia Game Show. And prizes are at stake, and you could win. You don't need to know the answers to win. It's that much fun. You can hang out with us live on video on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, if you wish, or tune in on our app or on our GRN radio station. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning.
2: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
0: Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station.
5: Again, to connect with us, just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
0: Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
2: Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now,
1: and god love
4: you. A friend of mine has been reading the Left Behind books. Is there really going to be a rapture like these books talk about? No.
2: The rapture refers to a passage in 1 Thessalonians 4 where Christians are caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Many Christians believe, and the left behind books promote, that this being caught up to meet the Lord will occur before the Great Tribulation. Christians will simply vanish, meet Jesus somewhere in the air, and then return with him to heaven to await the end of time. But notice, in verse 15, Paul says that we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up. Those who are left get caught up to meet the Lord. The left behind books get their name from a passage in Luke 17 and one in Matthew 24. 24, which compares the coming of the Lord to the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Matthew 24 puts it this way. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married, and they did not know until the flood came and swept them all the way. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one is taken and one is left. Two women grinding at the mill, one is taken, one is left. One is taken, one is left. The rapture, right? Jesus takes the Christians, leaves behind non-Christians. Two problems with that interpretation. First, Jesus' coming is compared to the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Well, after the flood, who was left? Noah and his family, the good guys, the bad guys were taken. After Sodom and Gomorrah went up in smoke, who was left? Lot and his daughters, the good guys, the bad guys were taken. Second problem, 1 Thessalonians 4 says that those who are left get to meet Jesus in the air. The good guys are left behind to meet Jesus. In other words, you want to be left behind so that you can get caught up in the clouds to meet Jesus in the air and accompany Him back to earth at His second and final coming. There will be no rapture like the one the left behind books talk about. That view is not scriptural.
1: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is
0: the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. shine.com a generous underwriter of catholic drive time glory is a catholic family owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions soap bars gift boxes body mist beard care and more at glory they state their mission is to quote craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel they are good for the body mind and soul unquote god love you glory and thank you again coming up at 15 past the hour fear and trembling the catholic trivia game show where we give out prizes every week Uh, your opportunity to get in on that prize pack is going to come up 15 past the hour all you got to do is be our first caller i'll give you the phone number at that time but if you want to give yourself an advantage you can always go to our website you can scroll down you might find the phone number and the rules of how the game is played right on our website in addition to watching the live video finding the podcast of our show joining our cdt insider email list and so much more uh, right there at grnonline.com forward slash c-d-t. That's grnonline.com forward slash c-d-t. So uh, you can give yourself an advantage or just wait, and I'll give you the phone number here coming up in a bit. We just wrapped up a great conversation with a uh, a scientist on. The Shroud of Turin. Fascinating concept. Fascinating story. I've always loved to, to discuss the Shroud of Turin. I've heard uh, that the amount of energy it would take to duplicate the image on the Shroud is at least at the same level as a, as a nuclear explosion. Uh, or even more. It's, it's just insane to think about that our Lord left us an image of himself from 2,000 years ago. How good is our God? Uh, also, we had a, a a difficult but necessary conversation with Spencer Lindquist last hour about uh, the growing pedophilia problem on the left. Uh, very disturbing topic, but important for especially for parents to be on the guard. But uh, either way, this hour, all upsides, all good news, and Janelle. Only two. what is it? This will be three good news segments left. That's it, and you're done.
4: That's it. That's it. Three more, and then uh, it's the next co-host. <laughs>
0: and well, and we'll announce that. Yes. You know, hopefully, we'll have we'll have an announcement soon on on who's going to be filling the large shoes of Janelle. What are you like a? You're probably like a size twelve, or <laughs> uh, what, what size no. shoes do you got over there? Uh, nine and a half. I think nine and a half. Nine and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's not so intimidating then. (laughs) I mean, I I I wear actually size 14s, 14 wides. Adrian,
3: good morning to you. What size shoe do you wear? You know... Interesting question in the morning. Interesting question. <laughs> very you know, interesting question. Most festival. mornings, I, I show up. I to, mean, it's uh, not
0: like asking your age. For crying
3: hell out loud, what size shoe do you wear? <laughs> it is funny. As you know, I show up, hey, what size shoe do you wear? I, I get it all the time at parties, um, <laughs> but it's 11 and a half. It's a conversation. Half. 11 and a half. Yeah, okay. 11 and a half, 12, okay. depending.
0: All right, so that'd be more intimidating, I suppose, filling Adrian's shoes No than, problem. Than easy, Janelle's. Easy. Janelle's nine and a half. Very Just reasonable. Very standard size shoe. So, <laughs> not bad, Janelle. Praise be to God. Yeah. At any rate, uh, we're going to have some fun this hour coming up, as I said, 15 past the game show comes up. But until then, we have a good news segment, uh, praise be to God, all good news in the second hour. We're going to have uh, the gospel and the saint of the day. And then, of course, in the second half of the hour, we'll do an after show where we'll conversate with you about whatever it is you want to conversate. You get to drive that conversation by commenting on the live video feed on Facebook, on Twitter, on our website as well. I'd love to say YouTube, but we're still in YouTube jail for at least another day. I think tomorrow we're back. We're back at it. I think that's right. All right. Let's jump in. Let's pray. Let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to Thee do I come. Before Thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in Thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now the good news, with in L.A.
4: from LifeSite News, Colorado bishops issue religious exemption letter for COVID shots, urging people to follow their conscience. Also from Life News. New Mexico abortions drop 4% as more babies are saved from abortion. From the Catholic World Report, new exhibit offers glimpse into everyday life of the Setons. The National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton opened its latest exhibition beginning July 1st. Seton Family Treasures, as the exhibit is called, showcases various former belongings of the Setons. The beautiful shrine, dedicated to the first American-born Catholic saint, is located in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Less than a 20-minute drive from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and includes a museum, ornate basilica, and extensive grounds, which cover the location of Mother Seton's housing to which she moved to the early 1800s. Though closed for a time during the pandemic, the shrine has reopened and welcomes the return of guests and pilgrims. The Seton family treasures are on display in the museum and feature many clothing articles and everyday knickknacks once owned by the virtuous family, particularly those of St. Elizabeth and Seton's children. Among these are contained the personal writings of several of the Setons, as well as certain sacramentals that held deep spiritual meaning for those who used them. Spread throughout the exhibit are works of art that portray family members and the saints who had gone before them. Each item has a story of its own to tell, piecing together the daily blessings and woes that the Setons experienced. From the National Catholic Register, Federal Court Rules Against Transgender Mandate A federal district court judge on August 9th ruled in favor of Catholic and Christian healthcare organizations fighting the transgender mandate, a federal requirement that doctors and insurers provide or cover gender-transitioning procedures upon referral. The Biden administration in May had revived the transgender mandate, stating that the statutory federal ban on sex discrimination in healthcare also prohibited discrimination on the basis of pregnancy, sexual orientation, and gender identity. The administration's rule prohibited the denial of some procedures to patients, such as abortions and gender transition surgeries. Judge Reed O'Connor of the North Texas District Court on Monday granted permanent relief from the mandate for the Catholic Hospital Network Franciscan Alliance and the Christian Medical and Dental Associations, a group of more than 20,000 healthcare professionals. The organizations had challenged the original 2016 transgender mandate in court, arguing that doctors should not be forced to provide gender-transitioning procedures against their beliefs. In his permanent injunction, Judge O'Connor ruled that the administration cannot enforce its mandate on the plaintiffs and their partners, including insurers or third-party administrators of their health plans. Also reported by the National Catholic Register, Andrew Kumu resigns. Catholic governor's legacy marred by scandals, abortion, and redefining marriage. From the Epic Times, baby believed to be one of the youngest surviving preemies in Scotland is home and thriving. A baby who was just born at 20 weeks, 22 weeks old is believed to be one of the youngest surviving premature infants in Scotland. At birth, baby Sophia Victoria Marina weighed a mere 1.1 pounds and was given a 10% chance of survival during labor. The warrior baby, who measured no longer than the size of a human hand, has since safely moved it out of the NICU and into the loving care of her family at home. And lastly, from Life News, 32nd Texas City bans abortion and declares itself a sanctuary for the unborn. Leona, Texas just joined 34 other cities across the U.S. in voting to become a sanctuary city for the unborn. On Monday, the Leona City Council passed a pro-life ordinance to prohibit abortions within city limits. Leona population 175 is the smallest city in Texas to pass a sanctuary city for the unborn ordinance. City leaders hope their action will encourage others to act. Mark Lee Dixon, director with the Right to Life of East Texas and founder of the Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn Initiative, said Leona Ordinance, the 32nd in Texas and the 35th in the U.S., goes into effect immediately. The ordinance makes it unlawful for any person to procure or perform an abortion of any type and at any stage of pregnancy in the city of Leona, Texas. It also prohibits people from knowingly aiding or abetting an abortion within city limits. The ordinance treats abortion drugs as contraband. However, it does not prohibit birth control and allows exceptions if the mother's life is at risk. Catholic Bishop Joseph Strickland of the Diocese of Tyler praised Leona and other city leaders for working to protect unborn babies. Thanks be to God. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lake. God love you and have a good Wednesday.
3: The saint of the day is St. Clare of Assisi. She was a, born on the 16th of July 1194 in Assisi, Italy. St. Claire was a beautiful Italian noblewoman who became the foundress of an order of nuns now called the Poor Clares. When she heard St. Francis of Assisi preach, her heart burned with a great desire to imitate Francis and to live a poor, humble life for Jesus. So one evening she ran away from home and in a little chapel outside. A CC, she gave herself to God. Saint Francis cut off her hair and gave her a rough brown habit to wear. Her parents tried in every way to make a return, but Claire would not. Soon her sister, the future Saint Agnes, joined her, as well as other young women who wanted to be brides of Jesus and live without any money. Saint Claire and her sisters wore no shoes, ate no meat, lived in a poor house, and kept silent most of the time. Once he saved them from a she saved them from a great danger, our Lord did from a great danger in answer to Saint Clair's prayer. An army of rough soldiers came to attack Assisi and they planned to raid the convent first. Although very sick, Saint Clair had herself carried to the wall, and right there where the enemies could see it, she had the blessed sacrament placed then on her knees. She begged God to save the sisters, saying, O oh Lord, protect these sisters whom I cannot protect now, she prayed. A voice seemed to answer, I will keep them always in my care. At the same time, a sudden fright struck the attackers, and they fled as fast as they could. St. Clair was sick and suffered great pains for many years, but she said that no pain could trouble her. She died on August 11, 1253, in Assisi, Italy, and was canonized on the 26th of September, 1255, by Pope Alexander IV. St. Clair of Assisi pray for us. Praise be to God in all things.
0: The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 18 verses 15 through 20. Jesus said to his disciples, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, Take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church... Then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I oh this I say this too much. I'm an, I should be more sparing, but I love this passage. It's one of my favorite in the, in the gospels. But and the, one of the reasons is because the implication is massive in this in this particular passage. Tell it to the church. This passage demonstrates the hierarchy, the authority, and the consequences of not listening to the church. Which church? What if you and I had a disagreement and you belong to some Protestant denomination? Well, whose church are we supposed to take it to? Yours? Mine? Theirs? Do you see the implication? I got into an argument once with a guy who walked into our parish with a bullhorn, and he and his friends began to shout, scream, and bully our parishioners until we grabbed him by the coat and tossed him onto the road. Not me, but the other parishioners. And by the time I show up, he's across the street with his bullhorn lambasting Catholics. And I had enough and I I sat there and I out screamed him with his bullhorn and I brought up this passage. Whose church do we take it to? Yours, mine, whose? The implication is massive. There is but one church. Christ did not come to found many communities. What do we call a father who fathers multiple children for multiple women? There's a word for that, which I can't say on radio because it would be offensive. It ain't good. A father fathers one family. That one family has a distinct hierarchy and a structure and has authority. This is from the mouth of our Lord in this gospel today. It is massive and it is very, very important that you understand. Our Jesus is our Lord and Savior Jesus, his heart, his intention is for but one church, not many. We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to decide what we believe and what we don't believe. Our Lord has given it to us, handed it down through his apostles, down to our age. It's very important. Here's what St. Chrysostom said. How is it then that those who thus agree together to do, uh, do not obtain what they ask for? Remember when two or three are gathered? So why aren't their prayers answered? Well, he says first, because they ask things not expedient and because they do not bring on their parts that which they ought to contribute. Wherefore, he says, if two of you, that is, who show an evangelic conversation, thirdly, because they pray seeking vengeance upon those who have grieved them. And fourthly, this is the important part, because they seek mercy for sinners who have not repented. Why aren't your prayers being answered? Because you do not strive for the conversion of sinners. You embrace sin and you act like it's normal. That's what St. Chrysostom is saying here, and that's a problem. All right, praise be to God. Thank you, verbum.com forward slash GRN for sponsoring our gospel reflection today, but we're going to go and play Fear and Trembling. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have a three- trivia questions, and you don't even need to know the answers to win uh, the game and possibly even win the prize pack of our sponsor this week. All you need to do is be our first caller at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call right now. Phone lines are open at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call right now. You can
5: we all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction but with the help of god and a church family
4: your children can grow in the security of faith hope and love weekly mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life so if your family hasn't been to mass in a while we'd like to invite you home Discover more at catholicscomehome.org
7: Protestants like to use James 2.10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in one fifteen he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Brusard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. For 2,000 years we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the Church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home.
6: Welcome to another round of Fear and trembling <laughs> the catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants it's a 50 50 chance and prizes are involved avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth call now to take your shot 877-757-9424 and now your host joe
0: mcclain praise be to jesus christ and welcome back to catholic drive time and fear and trembling, the Catholic trivia game show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But before I tell you what that is, uh, the phone lines are open, and your chance to play the game and even win the prize is a great right now because you'll have no competition if you called right now. 877-757-9424. Phone lines are wide open at eight seven seven. 757 9424 That's 877-757-9424. Call now and you'll get to be our contestant in the game. So here's the deal. There's uh, three things we like to do, but we don't tell anybody this. We keep this secret and hidden just between us. So please do me a favor and don't share this. But number one, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions, which means you learn something that you probably did not know before and that's a good thing, right? Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to laugh. We like to have a good time. And we like contestants that like to have a good time with us. Good sports, laughing right along with us, whether they get answers right or wrong. We really enjoy that part. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes, which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker. Uh, The caller... Uh, does not need to know the answers to the questions to still win our game. They could know none of these answers and still win the game and even still win the prize. That's how fun this is. And the reason why is because I won't ask them the questions. Instead, I'll ask Janelle and I'll ask Adrian and one of them will be right and the other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more? Do they trust Janelle? Do they trust Adrian? Every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize Uh, janelle what could they win
4: they can win a t-shirt and a sweatshirt of their choice from Saint Wave. They sell stickers, t-shirts, sweatshirts, Christmas attire and accessories. Uh, you can look at their store at www.saintwave.net You can also follow them on Instagram at saintwave.33ad And in looking at their products, they have some really cool stuff. They have shirts that say Theotokos, which means Godbearer, referring to Our Lady. They have shirts and stickers that say make the mass latin again <laughs> uh, they have uh shirts that say pre-born lives matter um they have a hat this um baseball cap that says uh, that shows a little icon of the Douay Rheims bible what uh, very uh, That's really funny. cool stuff it's very it's 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 great. it up yes <laughs> well thank
0: you saint wave praise thank be to you. god all right we did get some calls praise be to jesus let's go to the phones chris good morning thank you for being a part of our program
1: Hey, yeah, oh, wow, I was distracted by the,
0: okay, hi. <laughs> Good morning, Chris. Uh, now, you're calling from the Denton area, is that correct? Uh, yeah. Praise be yeah, to God, uh, North Texas. Uh, I used to live in Denton for a very short period of time, about, I don't know, six, seven, eight months or so, way back in, like, 1996, so a long oh, time cool. ago. Uh, I'm sure a lot has changed since then. 1996. <laughs> were you, how old were you in 96, Adrian? I was uh, negative two years old. Negative two years old um hmm. all right anyway chris where do you go to church
1: uh usually either in um what's called um, immaculate conception in um farmer's branch or sorry mary immaculate in farmer's branch or immaculate conception in denton so Where's we go to
0: awesome and chris are you familiar with the rules of the game do you know how this game is played
1: yeah, don't pick Adrian, I hear. It's is that the rule?
4: Oh, <laughs> um, oh, you get the first question
0: right. Were you right? reading my tweets again, Chris? I'm just curious. But uh, So you're saying Adrian is the trickiest of the two.
1: Uh, you know, neither one is trickier. It kind of bounces back and forth. Depends <laughs> on the day. Y'all pretty good.
3: So that's the real trick. So the not voting out- for Adrian is just a personal thing. Got <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: So figuring out who's trickier today is really the goal. That's really the real strategy of the game. Uh, So, uh, all right. Well, Chris, are you ready to play? I am. All right. We're going to go with Janelle at least three more chances. That's all you got left, Janelle, to trick people up. Let's just see how it goes. Uh, Janelle, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Are you sure?
4: Uh, On second, I thought... uh, Mm. hmm.
0: All right, Janelle, can you tell me which pope... Was ordained priest by Saint Peter himself.
4: Ordained as a priest by Saint Peter. Yes. Saint Pius the first.
0: Huh. Saint Pius the what first. What a pious name. Um. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So let's just get a, a second opinion on this. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me which pope was ordained as a priest? By St. Peter himself. So he had to have been ordained a priest by St. Peter and then eventually become a pope. Mm-hmm. Who was that?
3: Yes, yeah, so this is one of my favorite names of a pope. And that would be St. Clement I. St. Clement
0: I. Huh. Ooh, talk about tricky. So, uh, Chris, here's the deal. Adrian says the answer is St. Clement I. Whereas Janelle is saying it's St. Pius the First. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Chris, what say you?
1: Adrian.
3: Didn't you tell me?
0: Didn't you say? Oh, wow. He
3: (laughs) voted for C. Went back immediately. (laughs) Someone knows his Roman canon.
0: Uh, Chris, hold on. I'm I'm sensing a little flip-flop here. Because you said Adrian was not to be trusted. What happened there, Chris?
1: Hey, I'm... uh I'm running for office,
0: so I'll (laughs) just go. Go where the wind blows, Uh, man. I see a political future (laughs) for you there, Chris. But you're in the cup. Praise be to God, you might win. So uh, congratulations. But let's see if we can't double your chances. We're going to start with Adrian this time. Adrian, can you tell me the doubt or denial of any truth revealed by God
3: is called what? Yes. Yes that would be one of my favorite words and that would be heresy that's the one you have tattooed in Old English on your back? In multiple places it's all over <laughs> That's it's everywhere so like I have it on my palm sad, of my actually. hand and I just like walk up to people and just like shove it in their face that's, that's horrible yeah. actually I also have a stamp and I just stamp things heresy okay. uh, we've gone too far there
0: okay uh, so heresy is your answer let's just see what uh, Janelle has to say Janelle uh, help us out here The doubt or denial of any truth revealed by God is called what?
4: Denial of any truth revealed by God—that is called being an Egyptian, because they are always in Um, denial.
0: um, Sorry, I
4: just—I
0: just got some morning allergies. I just, just trying to work it out. Adrian, stand back up. He's rolling
4: on the floor. I don't
0: know. Okay. Uh, speaking of tricky, so, Chris, here's the deal. Let me just summarize for you. Uh, Janelle says it's an, it called an Egyptian because, you know, denial. And uh, Adrian says it's called heresy. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Chris, what say you? It's
1: a really tough one, but I think I'm going to go for Adrian again.
3: A- again?
4: Again? Duh.
3: Let's see what happens when you go with Adrian.
4: Duh.
1: Wow. Duh. I <laughs>
3: You know, you're really walking
0: back your uh, position quite a bit here, uh, Chris. It's uh,
1: I just,
0: Now, it I is in your best interest. <laughs> Praise be to God. I uh, College you is, uh, Janelle. Good, good to know <laughs> I, that you're, you're I, studying I, theology in university. Wow.
3: Okay. That was um, It killed me. All right. Let's, let's, not go, let's go
0: to the third question, see if we can't triple Chris's chances to win the prize this week. We're going to go back to Janelle here. Janelle, can you tell me? What is the term given to any person, idea, or group of persons who oppressed or rather who opposed Christ and his church? What do we call that term? It's found in hmm. sacred scripture, by the way. Opposing I'm thinking of St.
4: Paul, maybe. Hmm. Opposing Christ and his church. I'm going to go with Antichrist because they're being Antichrist. Oh, no,
0: St. John, you're right. Okay, Saint so John. your answer is antichrist
4: antichrist yes. okay okay antichrist. okay hmm.
0: let's go with uh adrian and see what he has to say here adrian now you're on a roll today adrian so mm. let's see what you got uh what can you tell me what is the term given to any person idea or group of persons mm. who oppose christ and his church what do we yep, call that absolutely uh schismatic we call that schismatic yep, we we'll call them schismatics Aww. okay So, Chris, here's the deal. Adrian says that's called schismatic, whereas Janelle says it's antichrist. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Chris, what say you?
1: Janelle is right.
0: Survey says... Congratulations, Chris. Perfect score. Duh. You didn't fall for it, but we're also out of time. We're going to put you on hold, Chris. Thank you for playing. You are a great sport today. You are in the cup three times. You might win, but we're going to put you on hold to get your phone number in case it be God's will. But that music means we're out of time today. Chris was a lot of fun. Praise be to God. Hey, tomorrow we're going to have a conversation about a Catholic men's conference that I'll be speaking at pretty soon. And that and a lot more. Breaking news, stories, Saints of the Day, gospel. But if you can join us in the after show today, join us on Facebook
2: Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet.
0: Bye
1: now, and God love you.
0: Uh, Walk like an Egyptian. How many people have heard that song? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've heard the song. Walk, Because that's what's playing in my head at the moment is uh, walk like an Egyptian. Do you, have you ever heard that song, Adrian? Of course, a walk like in the G- yeah, we, Janelle. You've played. heard that song. No, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she has. I'm sure <laughs> well, okay, I don't think here's I have. another one. Here's another one. Okay. By the way, welcome to the After Show, where we conversate more casually about whatever it is that's on your mind. And unless you give us something meatier to chew on, we tend to talk about pop culture. Just just so you know. But if you're a brand new commenter, you've never commented, comment for the first time, and let us know where you're from. We love to lavish love uh, for, uh, on our first time commenters. But have you heard the song "King Tut" by Steve Martin?
4: What?! Come on. He was on. my favorite honky.
3: <laughs> what? That went south fast. Oh, my. So, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on oh, right now. Oh, my.
0: Uh, uh, King <laughs> Tut. Okay. I know. See, our audience is, uh, let's just say, a mature. And uh, they, of course, have, uh, under, have seen King Tut by Steve Martin. There's no possibility. Stevie Wonder? Steve Martin. Not Wonder. King Tut. Yeah, this but was King a famous SNL. SNL skit, actually. But uh, in the video, which I I don't know if we play it, maybe we'll get in trouble by Facebook. It seems weird. YouTube lets us play content as long as we're commenting and talking over it, whereas Facebook still doesn't like that. So it's it's kind of weird. Buddy says he, of course, is uh, has heard both. I can't believe you haven't seen uh, Steve Martin and King Tut. No, I haven't. Oh, maybe I have. Sounds kind of familiar. He was the corkiest, funniest guy back in the day. He was in his 20s and he had gray hair already. Dude, what are we looking at? What? Doing King Tut, dude.
5: That was uh, my favorite. Line. In
0: honor of Janelle and her brilliant insight <laughs> on, oh, okay. on the doubt or denial of any truth revealed by God is called Egyptian, obviously. Because they're in denial.
4: I actually heard that from a homily a priest was giving, or uh, it was hilarious. And I was like, I have to, I had to remember that for later. (laughs) Oh, Oh,
0: Um, Lori just reminded me. name
4: shall not be mentioned. Yes. Lori
0: yeah. just reminded me of another funny skit by Steve Martin. The two wild and crazy guys. That, that was
3: so yeah. funny, man. We used to watch all the Degenerate stuff when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, do you, so I, do you know why the name Clement is one of my favorite names for Pope? Why? Uh, oh, Clement. Oh, uh, Loving. Uh, Sweet
4: o, You tell Mary.
3: me. Why, why is it one of your favorite names? Anybody? Anybody? Janelle, do you know why Clement is one of my favorite Pope names?
4: I I do not know.
3: Anybody, anybody at all, nobody. Okay, so the uh, the reason why Pope Clement, the name Clement is one of my favorite names, because the great and wonderful, and not all that great and wonderful, uh, Pope Clement the Thirteenth is the one who suppressed the Jesuits.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ouch!
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're yep, supposed yep. to make distinctions, Adrian. And between inside voices and outside voices. And, <laughs> and, uh, and Pope Clement XIII. Wow. Uh, Shots fired. <laughs> it Scorchers. It was, it was actually pretty funny. When I was in the novitiate, we had uh, Father Clement was one of the priests there, and he uh, had a mug with a Pope on it. And I was like, Father, who's the Pope on the mug? He goes, You don't know? This is a very, very amazing Pope. And I was like, Oh. said, I said, Who is it? He goes, it's Pope Clement." And I said, Pope, uh, Pope Saint Clement? No, no, not Pope Saint Clement. Pope Clement. I was like, which one? The 13th. I was like, uh, why is he significant? And he goes, wow, you really don't know. Pope Clement the 13th is, a great, is one of the greatest popes. He's the one who suppressed the Jesuits. And I <laughs> died. I died and father was like yes yeah, so this is my favorite mug I, I use it every day and it's literally the mug he would drink his coffee in every morning he was of uh, ah. the, <laughs> Pope the mug, yeah, that's mug, that's that's mug
4: that says like liberal's stuff. tears or like students tears oh, <laughs> you find on that teachers desks yeah. Uh, yeah. speaking of tears poor uh Sita
0: Nisi, she said of course when I leave the room my husband gets on the show to play the game
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, he
0: was great. I wish we had more time. I wish yeah. we had more time to chat with him, but we were, we were the music was playing. I had to, had to say goodbye pretty quick, but he, he did great. He's in the, I mean, of course, Janelle handed him, you know, softballs the size of bowling <laughs> balls for crying out loud. It hey, might as well play, uh, what, do you, what do you call that uh, version of baseball for the kids? They put them up on the stake and the ball just sits there and they can T-ball. 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 It was like playing T-ball for crying out loud. It was so easy. But uh, but a lot of fun. Praise it's be hilarious. to God. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, Alaric, good morning. Praise be to God. He says, "Make the Jesuits suppressed again."
3: Ooh! Wow. Have you ever heard Ouch. the the joke? What's the uh, What's the worst thing that the uh, church has ever done? And the, the answer is thing. the answer is. Uh, suppressing the Jesuits. What's the second worst thing the Church ever did? Let the Jesuits was reinstate the Jesuits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's all Jesuit all the time. Mm, look, today in the after show,
4: yeah. Lori just said um, it's called wiffle ball, the one Whiffle with the, the ones with the holes in yeah. the balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the word I was thinking of. Uh,
0: <laughs> Christopher Chance, that's hilarious. He says my father has an urn in his classroom that is labeled. Ashes of problem students.
3: <laughs> Good.
0: Good stuff. stuff
3: that's
2: brilliant.
0: That's so great. Oh, that's so great. Pretty soon, I'll 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 have, the, I'll have to steal that. And I'll have an urn here with ashes. It'll say "Ashes of former co-hosts." <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that a is that a threat? No, it's just their harsh reality of going through ghosts. That's all.
2: It's like we'll have a succession of co-hosts. <laughs> Tears. We'll have a so succession
4: funny. of co-hosts. We'll have like Emily the first, and then like co-host Emily the second. Um, we'll have like <laughs> so this will be like the succession of popes.
0: Yeah. Oh, our buddy Mike K hanging out on the website, uh, enduring the buffering on the website. I'm sorry, Mike. Um, he says not even sort of a, a Steve Martin fan, unless. He's playing bluegrass. Steve Martin is an, a fantastic uh, banjo player. He is. Uh, he's traveled around the country and the world, I imagine, playing the banjo. Quite good at it, too. Praise be to God. But, uh, yeah, okay. Steve Martin's obviously a you know secular guy. So
3: And Mike said, Adrian, at the time, the Jesuits were probably pretty good. Besides, we all know the best post-apostolic popes have the name Pius. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, the uh, – yes – The jesuits at the time were actually really amazing they were the reason why they were suppressed was politics it was pure politics the jesuits had a lot of power throughout the world and a lot of influence um and the a lot of the kings did not like that like that especially i think it was the king of spain and the king uh in portugal who was uh, not happy with the jesuits and they were petitioning rome to suppress the jesuits Afterwards, when they did suppress the Jesuits, a bunch of the Jesuits, out of holy obedience, they disbanded the Jesuits, but then they formed other small communities that were essentially the Jesuits under a different name. And it was pretty (laughs) funny, Uh, but there was a lot of not – there was not a lot of cohesion afterwards, and so they – obviously, the different groups that broke off and started their own non-Jesuit Jesuits started uh, – Started to uh, whenever they were reinstated, it was complete chaos Uh, because you know we didn't have mass communication back then, and so uh, the Jesuits have never been the same after that.
0: Speaking of power, that just reminded me of the conversation we were having earlier, and we were talking with the the, the doctor about uh, the shot of Turan, and you brought up the story of the Templars with a skull, and it's that fascinated me because as I've shared this story before, when I was uh, part of the Knights of Columbus or not Knights of Columbus, the Freemasons. Thank you. Um, back in the 90s, when I was living in Denton at the time, as a matter of fact, and I joined the uh, the Freemasons, before I entered the lodge, I found a book at the bookstore that detailed all of the rituals so that, I, I mean, I wasn't supposed to do this, but I, I did it because I wanted to know what to expect. But the first like chapter of that book was the Freemason lore surrounding the Knights Templar, And they said in that story that uh, the Knights Templar had recovered the skull of Jesus. Now listen to this carefully because this is important. They recovered the skull of Jesus, and this was their cherished cherished relic that they protected. Now, what's interesting is they talk about the history of the Knights of Templar as being a powerful organization, the first to, to create a, a sort of a modern-day banking system that you could transfer wealth uh, in, uh, in between Templar monasteries. So, if you were a king and you wanted to send w- uh, money to another part of the empire or whatever, you could go to one, give them a deposit, and they would uh, – the credit to the other and issue the money. So, and there was a there was a communication system, a banking system, and the, the theory goes that the Templars became so powerful, so wealthy that the the uh, the French king wanted this wealth for himself because of his debts and whatnot, and he colluded with the Pope to destroy the Templars. And they arrested uh, Demolay and his uh, uh, co-conspirators, and they tortured them until they confessed to crimes, to include homosexuality, by the way. And then, of course, they executed them. But the skull of Jesus, what does that say about what the Freemasons actually believe about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? It means they don't actually believe he was resurrected, and that he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. Uh, So, let that sit in. And you heard a different story, Adrian.
3: Yes. So I heard a completely different story that's similar, but it's completely different uh, in the most key aspects, and so uh, completely t- separate. Because this wasn't even the story that I heard wasn't even, even associated with the Freemasons. But I heard that the Templars were accused by their detractors during the uh, when, during their because uh, like it's it's well attested to historically that the Knights Templar were. Uh, charged with crimes and were put uh, declared heretics and were excommunicated at, at times uh, due to the Inquisition, uh, which is a whole other topic. But one of the accusations against them was that they were worshiping and Protestants use this as a attack against the Catholic Church and the Crusades and the Templars uh, is that they were worshiping a disembodied head. And, uh, the, from what I've heard is that they found out that the, and I think, uh, our guest today kind of confirmed that that the Templars did have the Shroud of Turin and that it was folded in on itself. And so that only the face was showing. And that's, was kind of the origin of the devotion to the Holy face. And it was the devotion to the Shroud of Turin. And they, uh, I was listening to, I guess, I think it was a scientist. I was talking about the Shroud of Turin. It was a long time ago. I heard this and he was saying that you can actually see the folds where it was folded in such a way that the face is showing. And so uh, that that's where that's the story that I had heard, and also um, yeah, the story of the Templars confessing of those things. I've heard that they were done under duress and that they were false confessions. But anyway, I think uh, it's very interesting.
0: Yeah, torture can uh, bring out the weirdest things in people, can it? Um, pretty common thing, torture. Just ask. Uh, well, anyway, I don't want to go off too far in that direction. Josh Null, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Uh thanks for hanging out with us today. By the way, uh so Lori and Christopher Chance and Alaric, we, we were talking to them earlier. Susan Weber, good morning. Myra, praise be to God, good to see you. you. guys on vacation again, Myra? Do you like do you guys like stay perpetually on vacation all the time? That's all I see is pictures. They need of a vacation.
4: vacation from their vacation. I know.
0: I mean that's how they the high rollers, man. Uh of course, uh Sita, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Tammy, good morning. Um, let's see. She says, uh, by the way, walk like an Egyptian stuck in her head now. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, sorry, I mean, could be worse. Could be Adrian and his you know Jesus friend of mine song. <clears throat>
3: so you're welcome, I guess. So we should um,
4: get another song stuck in the house. Oh room. yeah,
3: you thought I was going to play the Jesus friend of mine song, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, yeah. subverting expectation hey, and switch.
0: You're just um, in denial. Susan Weber, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out with us today, Don. It's good to see you, my friend, uh, buddy. Of course, Michelle Vaughn, Glenn Trahan, Good morning, Luz. Praise be to Jesus. Patty was on. Praise be to God. Ubi was here. Uh, we love it. Steve Margette was hanging out for a little while. Praise be to God. Good Steve Margette,
3: I went to school with his son at St. Thomas High School. Oh wow! No kidding. Awesome. And of course, our
0: buddy Mike Kay was on, and uh, Teresa of Avila is in the studio hanging out with us. Good morning to you, Teresa.
4: Good morning. Or Anna,
0: however, do we. We've do, we outed you already by this point. You've
4: outed me. So, I still yeah. like the.
0: Yeah. Mike K. says, I think the Templars got a raw deal and were falsely accused, but Freemasonry has no connection to them, no matter how much they try to claim otherwise. Yes, that's exactly the point, isn't it? That, uh, they have hijacked, me- not just the Templars. A lot of stuff. They hijacked a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's fascinating. I did, uh, back in 2008, I believe it was, 2008, I uh, was podcasting at the time, and I uh, ran a podcast called The Catholic Hack. And I did a four-part series with a good friend of mine who spent a few years working on the Jehovah's Witnesses. And um, he really put a lot of effort. His specialty is in intelligence gathering and research. Uh, he did that for the federal government, and he, he's done it for other organizations as well. So he put a lot of effort into uh, spending time with Jehovah's Witnesses, actually going to their temple and, and getting all their, their books. And we did a four-part series. I should l- look that up and sh- send that to the CDT Insiders, <clears throat> but it, goes, it goes back to 2008. And we had a great conversation about how much Freemasonry has had an impact on uh, these groups like the Jehovah's Witnesses and like Mormons, for instance. Um, so it's fascinating to see how much, how much, how potpourri. Uh, these people are. They steal what they want. They pick and they choose and they take and they mash it all up into this absurd thing. And that is definitely true for the Freemasons as well as Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and, and others as well. And you know what's interesting is they all kind of come – they all burst onto the scene in the uh, 19th, uh, you know, latter half of the 19th century. It's just interesting to see oh, these things come almost at the same time, like I, as if there's like some sort of uh, – like a a moment there where bad things are put into play, let's just say. Anyway, um, what else? What else is everybody up to today? Praise be to God. Uh, you mean the Jehovah's false witness? Yes, of course.
3: Jehovah's false witness. That's a
0: good <laughs> one. I'm going to steal that. If like one of the things that my friend was talking about in our conversations, if I can find these podcast episodes, I will email them to the email list. So make sure you're on the email list. Um, the very gr- the very tomb the gravestone of the founding member of the Jehovah's false witness as you say buddy uh is a freemason you know symbol so they really had a lot uh that they took off of the freemasons then they stole from catholics too they tried to steal a lot of symbology
3: well, I mean everything that's christian is stolen from catholics yay and amen mhm mm-hmm. yay and amen uh, yeah i'm incredibly politically incorrect but the you know it's two things one it's good. these two things are completely unrelated. <laughs> One is, uh, if I just got an ad from Facebook, which apparently this has been a thing for like months, and I'm just now getting this ad. Was try out our dating profile. Tap to preview what your dating profile could look like once you join. And uh, that seriously disturbs me. The fact that Facebook has created its own dating site and that it's like I'm like. Why does Facebook want to be involved in every aspect of everyone's lives? Like that, it's kind of kind of creepy. Don't you agree? They have all the data, so they pretty almost. So almost.
0: shouldn't they be able to
3: pick your spouse better
4: than e- you can? Exactly,
0: exactly. I'm
4: <laughs> matchmaking now. It's
5: it's
3: kind of yeah, creepy. In. And the second thing that's completely unrelated is uh, the interview we did on Monday with um, the Tony Collink. Uh, on the hardwood mysteries people on twitter are very upset and by people i mean like two people are uh, very upset they uh they're saying like do we really need to be indoctrinating our children without their informed and mature consent through any religion and i'm like yes uh and i was like i was like indoctrination literally just means to teach and yes if you're not going to teach your kids then the secular culture would teach it you betcha it's either you teach them the true faith or you're, the secular culture will teach them Gnosticism right. and egalitarianism. Exactly. And, uh, you, and, and, and you and you want to teach them the truth. God gave kids to parents for a reason. <gasps> oh this is the conversation we had with Gabriel Castillo yesterday. I wouldn't know. It, um, I wasn't there. Yeah, you were, you were busy. I,
0: I noticed that you guys started without me, and you and locked he took the door. Off. I told
3: him, run before locked Joe gets back. Locked the door.
0: So when I tried to come in and participate, there was like, I couldn't get in. And you just pretended like not to see me uh, at the glass there? door,
3: begging I to get in the room. I, I was looking the other way. <clears> I mean, yeah, Gabe was standing right in front of the door, and I was facing Gabe. Yeah. But, I mean, I, mean, I, 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 I saw
0: you. Gabe's lips, and I read his lips. He said, why aren't you letting Joe in the room? Um, And and you were like, Joe who?
3: Yeah, I was really confused at the moment. I was a little, you know, it was was a long day.
1: Come on, man.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I know. But uh, next Wednesday, we're going to be airing that that? episode uh, with Gabriel Castillo on raising Catholic families. And we talk about this exact point about how the children... Are entrusted to you by our Lord and our Lady, and that they don't ultimately belong to you. They ultimately belong to our Lord and our Lady, and you are the custodian of those of their souls. And it's your responsibility to get them to heaven. So,
0: excellent. Don, Don, stop encouraging him. Uh, words like "right on," Adrian, are going to not lead to good things. Amen, brother. So, uh, Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alaric yeah. says, "Makes me think of the Babylon Bee article." Mark Zuckerberg emerges from the underman's bed. To ask him if he knows how to vote yet. Oh, emerges from under man's bed. I said that wrong. Who's under man? Uh, emerges Underman. from under a man's bed. <laughs> oh, to ask <laughs> if he Underman. knows. See, reading things properly kind of makes a diff. You know what I'm saying?
3: Okay. I was thinking Undertaker from you know, know. The Incredibles. <laughs> like, and I was like, The
0: Undertaker. Yikes. Reading, cold reading is hard, isn't it? It's not an easy thing. It's not an easy no, task it's not, to pull off. It's not easy. Cold reading is not. Uh, so uh, yeah, it makes a deaf anyway. Mm-hmm. That's Michelle
4: Vaughn says Facebook will censor your dates and then fact check them for you.
3: Yeah, honestly. Oh my goodness. I was thinking about this. I was like, imagine like they're gonna be like, oh, this guy is is way too uh, radical. We're gonna to set this guy up with like uh, leftist in order to you know help him help him. You know, we yeah. gotta we gotta make sure that you're not going crazy. Wow. Um, golly, I'm just. Not not that 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 I'm a conspiracy theorist or anything. Mm. I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. Um, Right, Adrian. I'm not saying that Facebook is out to get me. I'm just saying that Facebook might be out to get me, you know? I'm not saying it. I'm just saying it might, might. Do you you think
0: Facebook people follow you home? I'm
3: just curious well they do I, I actually let them in, um, into my phone so I mean <laughs> I was making this I posted uh, I posted this on Facebook I said uh, when did Facebook become a dating site Facebook wants to be involved in everything yeah. and someone commented uh, Facebook dating has been around since like January it's how I met my boyfriend last March and I said oh well I mean it's still kind of creepy that they want to be involved in everything but also I say that logged into Facebook and giving them my, my data so I mean yeah, you know it there is, you go it is that, I mean, isn't
0: it something yeah Ugh, oh, i wish you know i wish we weren't so uh, addicted to these devices
4: facebook the walmart of the internet
0: there have been a few brave souls who have totally given up on smartphones uh eric sammons is one one of those he has gone to a dumb phone yeah meaning a flip phone that
3: can no ch- no he went to um the i forgetting the name of the phone it's called the
4: freedom great phone great
3: phone oh, so it has internet um, it has, you can download certain types of apps. Oh, so you can I totally misunderstood do, then. Yeah. So he can listen to podcasts. He can, he has a GPS, but it doesn't let you get on a certain app. So he can't get on Facebook, Twitter. So he can download post- podcasting apps and calendar apps, things like that. But any kind of social media is like deleted from it. Um, and it's a grayed-out phone, so it doesn't have the bright light, um, and it's primarily used for texting and, and calling. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's a kind of a new thing that people are – that's getting more and more popular. So you have all the conveniences of a smartphone, with, and it's stripped of all the bad things of the smartphone.
4: It's pretty cool. I know
3: de phones are very popular,
0: are starting to become very popular. They're Linux-based, and uh, I, there's a guy on YouTube that I follow. I was thinking about getting him on the show, actually, to to talk about this. And uh, he, he teaches people how to de-google their phones, how to use, uh, and and even be able to still use apps that you really like, but use them in a way that's not tracking you or, or whatever. It's a little harder, but I think it's going to become more of a mainstream topic as censorship is a big problem these days. And just frankly, not wanting to be constantly listened to, constantly tracked. I mean, there's so many articles that we've seen about uh, like your your... Uh, you know, what do you call those? Echo Dot devices, Google Dot uh, devices, whatever Creepy. that thing is called. You know, they're listening constantly. They're having... And, and the the, rea- the reality is that little puck does not have the computing power to, to know when to listen and when not to listen. It doesn't have that built into it. All of that happens on the cloud. So the device itself is always recording uh, audio. Now, they're supposed to only keep audio on the server when you say that wake word that important wake word right so when you say that word it's supposed to then earmark that recording and then keep that on the cloud for a certain period of time and then get rid of everything else do they do they not who's tracking who's auditing who's making sure that they're following that who knows not me i don't know but they're always listening. And, you know, it's crazy because at my house, I mean, somebody gifted us one of these things and my kids love to listen to music on that, especially while they're doing their chores. And we're, my wife and I are constantly uh, unplugging that. We may, I may throw it away. The only thing we keep it for is because of the convenience of listening to certain songs. Like l- yesterday, the Hillbilly Thomas was jamming out at the house uh, on the device. But
3: So you're saying you're a Dominican now. Uh, no. Uh, That's I uh, no. That's what I heard. No. That's what I heard.
0: Enculturation, my
3: friend. Enculturation. Mm. You know, if I had to choose between listening to the Dominican music or, I don't know. If bluegrass isn't Dominican music to say uh, no. Well, I would I beg to differ. I mean, if Dominicans are making the music, it's going to be Dominican music. Mm. I'm just mm. saying. Mm. Uh, the phone, I was, uh, Larry uh, let me know what the name of the phone was. It's the light phone. Uh, and so the, it has a tool such as an alarm, calculator, music player, podcast tool, and supports hotspot tethering. And then everything else is blocked. So it has uh, all the necessities, or not necessities, but a lot of the conveniences and nice things that you might want from a phone without any of the, distract, the distracting things. Um, Does and, it doesn't have 4K video editing, though. Uh, well, I mean, you could edit on it so you could put your computer on top of the phone and it would be (laughs) editing on the phone, I suppose. That's a legitimate option.
0: Have you ever edited video on your phone? It's the most annoying process ever. No. Oh, it's so annoying. I don't think I'd do that. I actually have a great application that is very sophisticated, actually. Multiple video layers, multiple audio layers, transitions, the whole thing. Speed, ramping speed, all of it. But it is... So annoying to try to edit a video on a phone. Just the
3: worst. I only did it because I had no other choices at the time that I got it. <laughs> Chris said, uh, introducing face date. How to find the correct ideologue. I mean, uh, human. I mean, person. I mean, evolved species for you. Non-binary.
0: Oh, speaking of which, there was an article, a headline last night I saw that uh, archaeologists discovered a oh, thousand-year-old yeah. body of a non-binary <sighs> knight or something or other.
4: Yes, I saw that. What? Was like, so how what? did they know it was oh. not? They can't. They
3: can't. They're making things up. It's a course. non-birth person. Ridiculous. They just like. Apply. It's crazy because these same people hate tradition and hate history, but they, at the same time, they desire that history affirm their whack and re- deluded beliefs. And so they reinterpret history to fit their narrative at mm. the same time spitting on the grave of our uh, ancestors and our forefathers.
0: Adrian, um. I'm just beginning to get the, the the feeling that you have an opinion on this.
3: No, not really. I
0: but I, I, I gotta I gotta be honest with you. Your vagueness is. Um you know, it's almost as if you could work at the Vatican. Sometimes, honestly, uh, if you could just come out with how you really feel and stop beating around the bush.
3: I mean, it's like is your is duplicity here yeah, is just truth, overwhelming. Yeah, the truth is, I really don't care all that much about the transgender issue. The <laughs> not whole, at all. The whole pedophilia issue. It's, it's 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 you know it's not a big deal to me. I uh, clearly, I, I, I can almost, tell. I try to avoid talking about it as much as possible. I've noticed. Yeah, I've noticed. Uh, anyway. <laughs>
0: We need, a, uh, we need a we need a we need a music for whenever we're talking sarcastically so people know what we're doing. Mm, we should come up with one. Let me think. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. Something. I'm telling you. Uh on, big news out of New York obviously. Governor Cuomo. How do you guys feel about Governor Cuomo's resignation? I mean, I, I kind of I had I had feelings similar to McCarrick. You know, McCarrick gets laicized instead of tried at the Vatican. Um, which meant that there was a lot of information we will never ever ever know now, thanks to his laitization. Uh, I find that troubling, but now Cuomo resigns fourteen days from now, apparently uh, he 's probably not going to be impeached. Will he go to trial i don 't know but more than, more importantly than the uh, the egregious crimes he committed against against these ladies which he should be held accountable for no question in my opinion um what about the thousands and thousands of people who lost their lives in nursing homes because of policy he set in his administration why does that get a pass what about his uh support for abortion why does that get a pass and uh and only the me too movement can take him down what what in the world what what world do we live in where that's a thing golly gee whiz um and look how fast his friends turned on him. Fascinating. Friends. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, Mr. Jesus Robles, Officer Robles says, Adrian is not very open. Adrian needs to be a little clearer on his positions. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I kind of I waffle. Agree. I waffle and I've never clear. I, I beat around the bush. It's, it's, it's one of my worst traits. Good riddance, Mike
0: says. Good riddance. Now, but you're, you're uh, the next governor, who's going to be sworn in 14 days from now. I hear she's uh, she's got some issues herself. I'm not familiar with her. I don't know really too many of her stances, but I've been told there are some problems there. So we'll see she's how she's
4: radically uh, pro-abortion, um, and <laughs> yeah, she has a lot of other problems yeah. too. Is yeah, is she a faithful
3: Catholic as well, though? <laughs> Faith, fa- faithful? <laughs> don't know. Wow,
0: uh, Mike, um, do you think that they will charge him? I'm curious. Uh, aren't you from New York? Aren't you from? The, you're from the? I forget, Mike. Remind me where you are you from? I, Maryland, Virginia? I forget. But I know we have listeners from the New York area, and I'd be curious if you think he can be charged or will be charged in the state. I got a feeling he gets to go off, he gets to write a book, he gets to travel the country and the so world. Go hang out with McCarrick. Giving talks for $100,000 uh, per talk. And he gets to live out the rest of his life, you know, not really stressing about it and being a talking head on CNN or MSNBC or wherever else. Defending himself and all the rest. Who knows? The Dems will sweep it under the rug, says Don. Yeah, I know. It does does feel that way, doesn't it? Uh, Christopher says, if I run for politics, I'll say that I'm personally and politically against abortion. Well, let us know if you run for politics, Christopher. I'd like to know. Praise be to God. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to talk with Andy uh, Sonier from uh, the Orange Texas Catholic Men's Conference. I'm going to be speaking there. I'll tell you all about what we'll be talking about, but why the Catholic Men's Movement needs to come back After a hiatus in 2020, it's important to light the fire, stoke the fires of men all over this country to stop doing virtual events and start doing in-person events. We'll have that conversation tomorrow with Andy. All that and much more. God bless you. God love you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Share us with a friend. We'd be grateful to you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on